Taco Palenque fans, we have something special for you. Try the Casero Taco now for only $2.75 Monday through Thursday. Flavor packed with premium sirloin rice and refried beans. Only at Taco Palenque. At participating locations for limited time, not valid for delivery. Other restrictions may apply. From a highly secure network of top secret locations across North America, this is the Spurs Insider brought to you by Taco Palenque. I'm your host, Mike Finger, joined as always by our panel of Express News Spurs beat writers, Tom Orsborn and Jeff McDonald, and sports editor Nick Talbot. We are coming to you the morning after a historic scoring effort by Joel Embiid, the morning before a showdown between Victor Wembanyama and Chet Holmgren, two of the leading candidates for Rookie of the Year. It's a it's a big week. Tom, it's been a big week for you traveling the the northeast up here with me out in the in the frigid cold. Where do you where do you want to start uh this morning? Well, never thought I'd see a, a Will Chamberlain record fall. You know that yeah. was uh yeah, and I, I don't know, you know, uh the players I'm not sure they grasp the meaning of what I just said, but um it was it was something special for me and I'm sure a lot of people uh, around the NBA, um, yeah, it's just completely unstoppable, as uh, uh, Devin said last night. You know, they threw everything at him, every coverage, uh, multiple players. Victor did his best, and you just couldn't stop him. It, it was, it was, it was really something to see. Victor Wembanyama scores thirty-three points. Has a pretty good all-around game. Yeah. The Spurs, the Spurs hang in there against the Philadelphia 76ers, one of the best teams in the league this year. Um, and up until basically the last couple of minutes, it's a close game. That's part of why the record fell because Embiid had to keep playing because the Spurs were in it. And yet, Victor Wembanyama's doubled up in points, more than doubled up in points. And uh, part of it is that might have been we can get into this. That might have been the last night of the minute restriction. But he finished out with twenty eight minutes. Could not be out there on the floor as long as Embiid was. Um, but yeah, yeah, you talk about the difference between a a prospect, a a one of the best young players in the league, and just an, an absolute MVP candidate. You saw that in that game. MB just the Spurs had no answers for for him. I'm not sure any team in the league had answers for what uh, what he was he was doing last night. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't impressed. <laughs> like score a hundred and get back to me. Well, it could happen. Uh, the, the the way the media overreacts this this these days, the way people are so quick to move on to the next thing within an hour. Well, I guess it was an hour and 10 minutes after that game ended. There was already some idiot who went to a microphone just in our the way our culture is now. It's always the next thing, always something better. This idiot goes to the microphone and says, you know, someday the, 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 that Victor Wembanyama might break Wilt's record of 100 <laughs> I mean, what does that guy know? It was just Joel Embiid who's the one who said that. Yeah, <laughs> Embiid went. You know, he broke Will Chamberlain's 76ers record, but it right. wasn't even the record for 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 a Philadelphia basketball team because Wilt got his hundred for for the Philadelphia Warriors. So right, it's not even right. a city record. Right, not not right. that impressed. Yeah, but I mean, uh, it's it's uh, to to hear a player like that who is an MVP 
might be MVP this year um, at the top of his game, and to say sort of matter of factly that this that this kid who he just played for the first time, twenty years old, like credibly, not 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 facetiously, like he seriously was suggesting that there could be a point in the future when that kid scores a hundred points. That's just that just speaks to the respect that he's already earning in this league. The um, the video, the video of Joel walking past Victor in the layup line or whatever and sizing him up and then mm-hmm. doing the sign of the cross on himself was pretty special. I enjoyed that. <laughs> I was talking to someone on press row last night about that and about how uh, there are just moments in the game where, you know, Embiid, who's a seven-footer, is is looking up at Victor. And it's like that. there's no way that the seven-footer should should look like that next to somebody. And I almost think it's like, like, like we know for sure that the Spurs measured Victor Wembanyama in his in his socks with you know with without his shoes on, and they say they insist, and Victor insists that he's seven three and a half, and it's almost like I don't doubt that as much as rethinking every other measurement in the league because the other guys aren't really seven feet because he looks so much taller than seven footers. Um, I don't know. It's just I. I just thought of this. I wonder if they've measured him recently. Like he might maybe, still be. Maybe he's yeah. taller now than he was six months ago. He could be. Like, like it wouldn't be an unheard of for a nineteen-year-old, twenty-year-old person to, to to grow an inch or half an inch. Right. Yeah, he got Giannis grew after he got in the league. Yeah, very plausible. Plausible. Um, it's been a. It was a. We're we're Tom and I are coming home at the end of this. Uh, on we're typing this on Tuesday, recording this on Tuesday. It'll hit your digital players on Wednesday, as always. Um, Jeff covered the first half of this trip. It was a, a nine day East Coast swing for your local cagers, um, basically as long as as a half of a rodeo trip on either, either side. Um, we I guess would, this would be a good time to look back on the whole thing because we saw a little bit of everything. We saw the the another victory in uh, in Washington, where Victor sat out the night before, maybe his last time having to sit out one half of the back to back. But that that Washington game was um, a nice little diversion from the misery. Uh, you you got to see Victor Wembanyama play really well in a game which we've seen a lot before. You saw Jeremy Sohan probably at his best. In the closing minutes of a game, throughout a game, he scored 23 points um, and really came up huge down the stretch against a, a admittedly awful Washington Wizards team. But um, another one of those moments in in the middle of a, a pretty tough season where you can see kind of what the Spurs are trying to build there. Um, but Jeff, you can go back to your part of the road trip. Anything that that lingers for you from that, or or stuff that you watched on TV when you when you were back. It was. It feels like so long ago. Is the one thing that I would point out. I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. That doesn't matter to anybody. But it struck me like, like NFL teams played two playoff games in the span the Spurs are on the road. Like the Packers played twice and the Bucks played twice. Like it was just a long trip. Um, uh, where do you want me to start? Like, like I. I don't know. I. I I could talk about the trip as a whole. Like when it when it started, you thought this is this maybe is a chance for them to to pick up not just a win but numerous wins. Like they were playing really well heading into the trip. 
Atlanta was not. You thought, like, maybe they have a chance to get one in Atlanta. And then they're down 35 points in the first half and, you know, come back to make that a fourth-quarter game. But they don't win that game. And then they sit Victor in Charlotte, which is one you thought they would otherwise win and lose that one by four. And then they're, you know, they're down late against Washington. And I remember I was kind of – I was flying back that day while you guys were covering that game. And I remember I was just following the score of that game on, on my phone. And it struck me like this is going to because because I'm always thinking about the podcast and what I'm going to say on it and what we're going to talk about. Look, when, really? they were looking, when they were looking like they were losing to the it seems Wizards. like you'd have better. If that's true, it seems like you'd be better on the podcast if you put thought into it. But uh... well, just think about if I didn't. Um, <laughs> anyway, it looked like they're going to lose that game to the, the Wizards. And then I'm thinking like this is going to be a jury podcast. Like we're going to have to we're going to have to, you know, kill them a little bit. Like what an awful maybe the maybe the worst road trip week of the year if they go winless on this thing and then in the span of five minutes they turn around and win that game and they look better in philadelphia and all of a sudden you can feel good about the road trip even though you didn't pick up a couple of wins you just picked up the one win so i you know i've uh, aside from like the first half in in atlanta and maybe parts that wizards game which you know you guys saw more of than i did it seems like they had they had a pretty good trip and they seem to be trending in the right direction as far as you know being a competent basketball outfit yeah i think that's fair i think that's a decent summary it's been i believe a a month and this might turn out to be an important uh fact if if this is led in into the spurs decision making at all but i believe it's been a month since victor's uh last rolled ankle thing and uh Greg Popovich for a couple of weeks now has sort of suggested that the end of this trip could coincide with the end of the minutes restrictions. And it also coincides with another showdown between Chet and Victor at the Frost Bank Center on Wednesday night. And I think it makes sense that if he can get the go-ahead from the medical team, and I'm not sure why he wouldn't, because it's not like he is quote unquote injured. He's he's in in injury recovery, rest, whatever you want to call it. I I, I think there's a good chance we could see Victor Wembanyama play more than 30 minutes against Chet Holmgren on Wednesday night. Yeah, he's been great. he's been creeping up to that. Like he was 25, and then it was 26. And then on that trip he started, he was playing 27. And then by the end of the trip, he was up to 28. And I know that still doesn't seem like a lot, like one minute at a time, but it's not that big of a jump from there to 30 at this point. Yeah. Like it almost seems like we're, they've been building towards that already. Yeah. What what was um, sort of compelling for a few minutes last night in Philadelphia was he starts the fourth quarter. I believe he had uh 20 minutes heading into the fourth quarter and so you it might have been 21 and you figure he's going to play three here to start the quarter which they've done before and then sit and then bring him back for three or four to finish so he can get to his 27 but they kept him on the floor uh all the way until the, the six five six minute mark so he got up to 28 and the Spurs kept the game close. <laughs> and so if if it would have been a um if it would have been inside 10 points, inside seven, eight points, 
in the last two minutes, you wonder if he would have been able to take the floor for those last two minutes. I don't think he would have. No. But they had, they ended up going for, instead of splitting it up, just get those minutes on the first part of the fourth quarter, and that'll be the game. Um, but it, it, it almost, if the Spurs could have hung in just a little tighter until the last couple of minutes, I wonder if if Pop would have been tempted to put him back out there. He probably wouldn't have, but it would have been, it would have been interesting to see. He's strictly adhered to uh, the uh, the medical staff's recommendation on this. Been very disciplined with it, I think. Uh, so I, I don't think he would have come back in. But you know, back to that Wizards game. It, you know, they went on that 12-0 run and uh, finished the game 22 with a 22-6 run. You know, and everyone's saying, "What was the difference? What was the difference?" And you know, they all they all pointed to defense. Well, the difference was Victor playing. You know, yeah, he, he came back in. You know, seven points uh, during that during that during the closing minutes. Uh, two huge blocks, including that unbelievable three sixty no look rejection of uh, uh, Tyus Jones. I mean, he's the difference. It's it's just everyone's just itching to see him. You know, get this uh, restriction off him because he's playing so well, so efficiently. Have we have we explained to the readers, listeners, and viewers uh, why the Spurs have been doing this? Like, there still seem to be some people that are uh, confused or not getting yeah. or not understanding why why the Spurs are putting these restrictions on Victor when uh, he's quote unquote not hurt. Well, smart. It's a smart thing to do. He he tweaked it twice. Um, and then he had this, what they labeled as a sprain when he stepped on the ball, ball boy's foot in Dallas, you know, and they've, they, the word out of the locker room is the, you know, the more you do things like that, the more vulnerable you are to a serious injury. So it's, it's a smart move. And, um, you know, it, it actually started in Chicago, uh, in December, I think it's 12 games now that he's been on the restriction and it's the smart, prudent thing to do with, with your franchise player. You, you know how the, his nickname is the alien for, for, you know, the things he mm-hmm. does on the court at his size. I mean, that cuts both ways. Like his, his body is actually foreign to, to medical science, to yeah. sports science. Like I, I wrote a story. I went back to it this week just to read it preseason or not the preseason, like before the draft, after the Spurs had got the number one pick, but before the draft, um, talking to, you know, just medical experts who've never examined Victor, have any inside knowledge, but just what what would you do with a seven foot five freak of nature who plays like a guard, whose body is being asked to move in ways that, you know, even the other seven footers in NBA history, their bodies are not asked to move that way. And they all said, basically, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know what his body will do. We don't know what 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 it can handle, what it can't handle. Like it's it's worked out for him so far, but we we don't know him. If you just look at him. On paper, he's he's a stress fracture waiting to happen with all the bones and stuff. So when you read stuff like that, and and the Spurs are probably are hearing from a lot more medical people than I talk to, and a lot more people with intimate knowledge of Victor Wimbanyama personally, who've actually seen his medicals and his 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 pictures, as Pop likes to call them. Um, so you can understand why why when you're coming at it from that angle, we don't know what he's going to do. He, it, it looks like he could be injured at any moment. You can see why they're going to err on the side of caution anytime um, they're faced with that choice, especially in a season like this where you're not really gunning for the playoffs. You, you know, you're, you're just trying to to get his feet wet in the NBA. And, you know, 
I, again, I think it's prudent too to um, follow the science, so to speak. And if there's any question to, to err on the side of caution and that's what they've been doing. And it's not like they are not looking for ways to get them on the floor more, which is what I think we're going to see here in the next couple of weeks, uh, games and weeks and months. Well, I think um, an important part of the phrase, think about the phrase erring on the side of caution. Um, they might be erring. Right. Um, right. They, they might be. It's it, There are differences of opinion, even like Jeff said, in the medical community as to whether they need to be doing this or not. And, and so you can totally concede that maybe they're being too cautious. And in that case... You know, that again, that's erring. That's being too cautious. He could play more. But the thing is, if you're going to make a mistake on it, uh, make this mistake of not playing him enough. That I mean, it could be that he could be playing 35 a night, 38 a night, and be totally fine. That could be true. But you'd look really ridiculous as a franchise if you're pushing him um, during a season when you're not going to win more than 20 games when you're not in a playoff push and something terrible happens. Um, yeah. You, you it, go back, to, you go back to Kawhi and there were other factors at play there, but the mm -hmm. thing was with Kawhi is they thought he could play and he wouldn't or, or thought he couldn't. And right. that quote unquote drove Kawhi away. So now you seem like you learn from that situation and you be a little more extra cautious with your next star uh, and I don't, I don't see how people can complain about that. Yeah, but they do. Here's, well, here's, there's the other the, thing. The, the, the legitimate complaints are uh, lifelong uh, Spurs fan, uh, yes. and and Raleigh or Charlotte or you know the, in North Carolina that has been waiting all year to go see Victor Wembanyama play. The only time the Spurs visit Charlotte, and he's quote unquote he quote healthy. You see him play the night before. You see him play the night after, and he looks great. And he doesn't suit up the one time you bought tickets. Like I get that. I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna tell fans they shouldn't be disappointed right, I agree. by that. My my small lizard brain understands not playing on back to backs yeah. better than not. You know the difference between playing 26 minutes and 27 minutes. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean. So I almost understand the back to back thing a little bit more to this point. Anyway, do you know who leads the uh, NBA among NBA rookies? Do you know who leads the NBA in minutes played per game? Oh, that's got to be Victor Wimbanyama. No, it'd be Brandon Miller. Oh, okay. Thirty point five. Victor, uh -huh. even after a month of a of a of a um, restriction, is at twenty eight point five. So we're it's about it's two minutes difference. Yeah, two minutes difference. It's it's not it's not like Pop is just holding this guy back, and now he's not going to win the Rookie of the Year because he was on a minutes restriction for for a uh, you know for a month. He's he's still playing a, a lot of time compared to other rookies in the. Yeah. Yep. The uh, the awards discussion drives me crazy, but I guess people. I know like you got to give the people what what they want, man. It's Chad versus first Victor uh, tomorrow slash tonight, depending on when this is being listened to. I guess we're st we're still yeah. weeks away from the All Star break, and it's just yeah. The, but we're the, halfway it, through. It, like I think it it's runs I think it's, the it runs the NBA podcast economy. Like NBA podcasts would not exist nationwide without discussions of MVP in freaking December and January. We're talking about MVPs and rookies of the year and they're the just dumb business, awards. Man. And and okay, but go ahead. Here here you go. I'll let Jeff 
it's take the, the rookie of the year discussion here. It's the sorghum of the uh, uh, of the podcast economy. It runs there, it. There it is. Um, so go ahead and. I mean, and I don't have any have more sorghum. I don't have any more opinions on it than I did when we talked about it last time, uh, or any different opinions. I, I mean, I think obviously it's going to be a Chet versus uh, Victor race. Like, there's I don't I don't really think there's a third guy that's going to get in there. And, um, man, I have a hard time, uh, maybe it's, I have a hard time watching Victor play, especially recently, especially since he moved to center and think, how is this guy not the rookie of the year? And maybe there's more to it than that. Maybe there's numbers we should dig into, but when you just watch him play and watch the numbers he puts up, I, I don't care if they come in losses, like they're supposed to, he went to the worst team in the league, um, when you watch him play, it's one of those where, like, if he doesn't win it 10 years from now, we're all going to look like idiots. You know what I mean? Like, how could this guy not be the rookie of the year? We? You got a mouse in your pocket? Just uh, the, the, the voters <laughs> okay. will look like idiots. We, because... no, no French pun intended. Uh, and and I yeah. think I mean, and again, I have no, this, this might just be, quote, you know, my feeling based on vibes. I have no I haven't done a straw poll like our friend Tim Bontemps does with the MVP, but um, I, based on vibes, I think if it was taken out, Victor would win it. I, w- I didn't think that. I didn't think that a month ago, but I, I think that now. I mean, it's just it's just a vibes thing. Well, maybe it's a good thing if he doesn't win it because he he wants he wants these he wants these accolades and it it drives him it fuels him and uh, you know as he said. After that Milwaukee game, you know it's it it motivates him. You know it's it's a what did he say? It's a want to make a statement from now on. Every game after yeah. this is yeah every game yeah. From now on is so, a statement. you know the more he gets snubbed, the the more motivated he'll be. So it may be a good thing. And look, he leads the all rookies in scoring. He leads all rookies in rebounding. He leads all rookies in steals. He leads all rookies plus the entire NBA in blocks. And in any other year, that would be enough. Chet, I, I, the reason I don't like having these 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 discussions is that you have to when you decide you think one guy should be the rookie of the year, it starts to sound like you think the other guy is trash and garbage, and that isn't true at all. Chet's amazing; he's great. Oklahoma City's great, um, but like I said, leads in blocks, leads in rebounds, leads in steals, leads the entire NBA in 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 block shots, um, leads in scoring. Like every, any other year, he's your runaway rookie of the year favorite. Chet's close in a lot of those, but I I think he's somehow at least in in, in some public inter I don't know how the voters are going to vote, but in terms of public perception, I think he gets a boost for playing for a better team, and I I don't know that that's exactly fair. Um, if you put Victor on that team, like, what would that look like? You know, so I, I there are all different ways you can break it down. There are all different little thought exercises you could do. Like if if Oklahoma City could trade Chet for Victor right now. Would they do it? Heck yes, they would. So maybe that should tell you something. Um, if you take Chet off that Oklahoma City team, what are they? They're probably still a playoff team. If you take Chet off that Oklahoma City team and put Victor in his place, they're probably the favorites in the entire West. So I don't know. There's a lot of different ways you can look at it. And, uh, you know, maybe if we'd have thought ahead, we should have had like uh, an Oklahoma City writer to come on and argue Chet's case because he can probably do that better than I can. 
A lot of it For is For God's sake, there's 40 games left. We're I'm, not. Oh, oh, oh we, have to me, we have to be crazy. Look, um, talk about the, the fourth quarter at Washington again. Like we, uh, go, no, go ahead. I'm, I'm wrong. I'm, your, I'm wrong. You're right. Crap. We gotta, we gotta, uh, you know, keep. Well, I was done producing the sorghum. Well, I sorghum. was done. Victor also was uh, rookies in uh, double doubles, eighteen. The Holmgren's eleven, and triple doubles with one. Like to there me, it's go. a runaway. But I, maybe I'm, I'm, I've, I've just seen more of Victor than I've seen of Chet, which is another fair, fair point that someone could make at me. It's probably just changed over the last couple of months because when they first started. Chet was so much more efficient than Victor. Yes. And even with this minutes restriction, you've seen Victor get so much more efficient, so much better, you know, finishing and his efficiencies have gone up. And then as soon as those numbers start to look a little like it's, it's, it's a runaway, like Jeff said, because you can just the eye test is Victor so much more fluid. He's just like an alien, like everyone says, and you watch that. And you watch Chet, and he's he look he's great. He's he's a very good player, but he's not Victor, and and that's what's what's going to make uh, Wimbiamba the rookie yeah. of the year. It's, and and Chet right now is being asked to be a role player on his team, whereas Victor's asked to be the head of the snake, and those are two different jobs, and that factors into it as well. I mean, and he, uh, Victor's just to go back. Victor's efficiency might be looking better now because of the minutes restriction, I think. Like I think I think he's he's able to play, true. you know, a greater percentage of better minutes because there have been fewer of them. So, if but if, if we but want if helps. we want to talk if you want to draw me into the rookie of the year thing and I the, really don't I don't really and, care and what the, and the ridiculous uh, the ridiculous theory out there or claim that this minutes restriction thing is costing him this dumb dumb award. Like you could make, but like you just said, the exact opposite um, claim in that the minutes restriction is, first of all, lessening the chance of an injury that would hurt his rookie of the year chance. Um, because if he re-injures the ankle, well, that keeps him on the sideline and that helps Chet's case and not Victor's. And what you just said about how it might not be a coincidence that he's his per minute stuff is getting better with fewer minutes um he's got to make the most of his six minutes a quarter as opposed to the seven or eight he had before so all of this it, you could look back at the end of this epic epic rookie of the year race which is so compelling to so many and say that the month he spent on minutes restrictions turned out to help his case uh you know you never know the other thing I could, uh, just a little tidbit to point out, there had been some confusion about the 65 games thing. Um, you know, this year there's um, a 65 game minimum to be eligible for, for MVP and all NBA. Uh, it was, it came up last night because Joel Embiid is sort of teetering with not being able to make that 65 games. And he's, if he doesn't, he's not eligible to be the MVP. That does not apply to rookie of the year. I, I, I confirmed that with the NBA last week. That does not apply to rookie of the year. So Victor sitting out back to backs, if that causes him not to get to sixty five games, does not affect his eligibility for the rookie of the year vote. So just to clarify that for all every, all the folks at home, 
who uh, are listening and uh, subscribe. Who's listening in a car? Well, they might be listening in their car park in their driveway. You know, you know, sometimes you're listening to something that's so compelling that mm-hmm. when you home to your driveway, you stay in the car and can finish it out instead of going into your horrible children. Not that I know that from <laughs> from from uh, you know, I don't I don't know that firsthand or anything. I just just guessing. Speaking of proud fathers, can I uh, can I tell just a, a tidbit uh, a story about uh, Victor's Victor's dad that. Some of the listeners at home in the driveway, on the parkway. Why do you why do you drive on a parkway and park in a driveway? Um, they they might find this funny. I found I laughed very long and hard about this last night at the uh, what is it the Wells Fargo Arena in Philadelphia. After I got off the SEPTA, uh, went in there. I love I, lo- I love Philly as Tom does as well. But said we sit baseline. Uh, at the Wells Fargo Arena. And last night, Felix Wambanyama, who's a very nice gentleman, doesn't say much to the media, wants no media attention. Let me, uh, like, respect that. Go question. ahead. Uh-huh. Was he wearing like an Adidas bucket hat? Yes, he was. Yes, that's his <laughs> thing. Yeah. I'm almost, I, I almost feel bad telling the story because I'm ruining his his ability to go incognito. It's It always cracks me up. He sits sort of near us at the Frost Bank Center too. And the amount of people who just don't even give him a second look is it all it always cracks me up. He does not look like someone who's trying to present himself as the father of perhaps the greatest and uh maybe one of the richest to be uh basketball stars of his generation. But anyway, he, he doesn't sit courtside very often. Uh he had a courtside seat last night uh in Philadelphia. And um he was sitting by himself and there was these two younger uh uh bro uh, the, you know the, the 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 these 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 two kids from Philadelphia who look like uh uh just guys you see down at the cheesesteak place you know they they they're very excited to be there uh just just uh they're they're watching the NBA they've got a front row seat and one of them turns over to um to Felix at one point, and I'm, I, for some reason this caught my eye, and you see him, you see the kid, he's probably 22, 23, he asks Felix a question, and Felix nods his head, and then I can't see what the kid is asking him, but the, the kid, uh, Felix looks at him, and he, you can see his mouth say, Victor Wimbanyama, and it kind of nod his head, and the and the kid and his friend just freak out and they start taking selfies and they start going crazy like you're you are the dad of Victor Wimbanyama and uh it was just like the look of uh just quiet satisfaction on Mr. Wimbanyama's face was was kind of amazing i i can't imagine first of all i can't imagine having kids but having being, can we. Be, being the dad of Victor Wimbanyama and just being able to sit there and say, yeah, that guy that everyone is just gasping, uh, marveling at, whatever, like uh, just to be able to sit there and say, yeah, that's my kid. And it was just so matter of fact, like I said. Um, and being, uh, being Philly fans, I'm surprised they weren't like, Joel Embiid just got 70 on your son. <laughs> it was it, This was in the first half. Oh, so, I see. Uh, Oh, I see. Yeah, the uh, oh, it, it's it just twenty four on him in the first quarter, but right, right. But um, 
it's the 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 Wimbanyama family very uh uh that they, they don't draw attention to themselves seems like there's all they're always kind of quiet kind of enjoy the whole deal uh but just it, it, that that just made me laugh so hard to, my, to see my, to see him kind of look over there and say Victor Wimbanyama and just the immediate freak out of these kids who my early him. my early experience with Mr. Wimbanyama is like on some of these first trips of the year I kept noticing the same guy in a bucket hat like on a lot of my flights to different yes. Yes. different different Spurs games different different out of town games. And when I finally realized who it was, it was kind of it just kind of dawned on me. Why is he on the same flights as a sports writer? Like, yep. he shouldn't, shouldn't he be on a charter or something? But I, I, that's also been part of the charm of uh, Victor's parents is they they travel like you know regular hockey moms. You know, yeah, they definitely travel like sports writers because you see them on. Uh, and and I'm not sure anybody's informed them about uh, airline miles or points because. Those of us who travel on very, on different airlines tend to see them on a wide variety of airlines, uh, not not first class. Yeah, you you've got to you got to you got to consolidate your airlines a little bit. Because yeah. because yeah. you know they need the miles. How else will they be able to travel on vacation? Then you know they maybe they'll learn. Maybe they'll get there. There was maybe they'll, a, get, maybe they'll get up to silver someday. <laughs> silver. You remember. Uh, you remember a long time ago, there was like years in a row, like 10 years in a row, every so often, Pop would want me to, or invite me to ride the charter. Like when there's bad weather somewhere in Philadelphia to somewhere, I don't understand why you don't just ride the charter with me. And I, there's a hundred reasons for it. And I, was, I, I would have to explain that to him every year. And then one time we're like, and plus I like my air miles. And Pop looked at me like puzzled for a second. And then he, oh yeah, I remember those. And I just decided that must be the, point where you know you've made it in life where you just forget that air miles even exist like you can just fly yourself anywhere you want to go even have to think about it so he's he's out of touch he he had me he had me pegged for a vacation in the bahamas when he missed uh missed a few games two things about uh tom orsborn coming back onto the b after his well-deserved couple of days off when joe when jeff was in the first half uh it was it was uh Greg Popovich asking Tom how the Bahamas were, and also the other night with uh, in Washington with Trey Jones coming out for his post game interview, in the loudest, <laughs> furry, furriest, like it's combination uh, crazy colors, and and I'm sure this was a very popular uh, fashion designer that I'm just oblivious to, but it's one of those that where where the the um, the sweater is very uh, furry. It looks like one of those uh, what uh, Furbies, I, I but, would... but but like six different colors, all very bright colors, um, and just huge. And and uh, Trey comes out to do his interview, and he says hello to Tom. He's always very nice to Tom. And I said, "Man, we dodged a bullet." And Trey said, "What?" I said. <laughs> If if you would have seen Tom yesterday, it would have been awkward because Tom was wearing the exact same thing that you have on, and uh, and Trey found that quite amusing. Uh, the 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 Spurs love uh, Tom's fashion sense, I think. Yeah, um, including Devonte Graham. Devonte Graham, what taking pity on me and offering to give me some shoes. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I guess I guess that's where the we're going to end up. Here. Talking about Tom's sweaters, his shoes, Devontae Graham might order him something. 
You said you do not want Jordans, Tom. You want dress shoes. Yeah, yeah. Something I, you know, something low key that I can that that can be of use. You know. Well, first of all, you'd never accept shoes from an NBA no, player. No, I'd give them to Just like, charity. just like Jeff could never accept a ride on the <laughs> Charger because that would be conflict of interest, all kinds of stuff. Plus, I want my miles. Plus, you want your miles. Uh, but it's nice that people people think about. It is you in that way. Like Devontae Graham wants to improve your look, and who among us doesn't want to improve from week to week, day to day, until we see you the next time on the Spurs Insider? Take care of each other. Keep it real. <laughs> <laughs>